That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the rockingest of video game music. Uh, my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. It's about the time of year where everyone's going back to school, um, mm-hmm. or at least maybe virtually for um, those of you who uh, are in that kind of crazy world. Yep. Um, but, you know, it just seems like, for me, I think just growing up on that fall to spring calendar of the school year, my brain is always oriented around that. So this, to me, feels like the Minus start two. of the year. So I, I think this is going to be a really appropriate episode for kind of getting back into the swing of things after, yes. I guess, um, the a particularly challenging summer that it has been <laughs> i imagine for absolutely everybody. hopefully this episode will be uh, a great escape uh you know an hour of entertainment some rocking video game music some really good melodies a lot of fun a lot of entertainment so we hope you guys will enjoy this episode this is a focus on ease seven which is really a classic soundtrack for this podcast in many ways. It really is nostalgic for us. We think back to the early days of the podcast. This was one of the East soundtracks that we discovered and were just so blown away with back then. Uh, This was published by Falcom. Um, It is by the Falcom sound team, JDK, which is always a rotating cast of different composers. We'll get to the actual people that composed the score. But it came out for the PSP and the PC first in 2009. I can't wait to do this episode. I was telling Carl, I feel like a bit of deja vu because this is one of those episodes where it just seems like we would have done it by now. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely have some nostalgia for this because this is the Ease series, I guess, was um, in terms of like a gigantically uh, wonderful series of games when it comes to music. It was yeah. one that we actually <laughs> had never heard of when we started the podcast. And it was, it was one a of treasure the first trove. Of that, of, in that category, I guess, for our show. I mean, there's lots of games that we never knew about before we started the podcast, but right. Ease is maybe like the first big one that we learned about that we did an episode about. So to me, it's kind of like, uh, it's all like the oldest new thing in, in yeah. my brain. When I think of music I still that remember I, that day, I was in my old apartment and when I discovered East 1 and 2 and just being so excited to do that episode and share right. it with all of you. I remember the way you introduced it to me is almost like, uh, it's sort of like alternate universe, kind of like the energy of Sonic or the energy of like classic video game music and there's this yeah. whole well of great fm it's stuff. so but true so fun and speaking about of seven is to me this was the first and i imagine for you too carl the first of a i guess modern video game soundtrack that captured the vitality and spirit of what so many composers were doing in yes. the 80s and 90s but Absolutely. translating it to sort of a, a modern production vocabulary and it walks that line perfectly it strikes a perfect balance and speaking of sonic i do think that play-in which is called s-c-i-a-s whatever that stands for that's the name of that track there were some sonic and knuckles vibes there that progression of flying battery zone we heard a little bit so some of the composers we actually do have specific track crediting which is great and so we'll be able to to say who composed each track but the lead composer of this game was hayato sonoda and i would say the second in command was probably saki momiyama and like i said we do have specific crediting so let's uh discuss that as we go let's move on to the next piece on our playlist this is called extensive forest green and it was composed by sonoda from e7 
guys are listening to Extensive Forest Green, a classic track to start this playlist. This one was composed by the leader of the pack, Hayato Sonoda. And again, the artist of this whole soundtrack is Falcom Sound Team JDK. This came out in 2009. I would say the sound of this score, other than there's two pieces of music that I think they got the budget uh, to record a full rock band, other than those tracks, um, it's kind of this Wii era virtual instrument sound. Um, which sometimes can be charming, sometimes can be a little bit cheesy, uncanny valley territory. But the music mm-hmm. is really good. There's going to be some rock today. There's going to be some energy. There's also going to be some beautiful melodies and maybe some softer moments as well. Will, what are your thoughts on extensive forest green? Yeah, well, what it to me it sums up a lot of my feelings about not just E7, but I'd say like modern installments in series like this, where I feel like the 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 goal for the music. Um, as far as I see it, becomes less about honoring the specific traditions of that series and more about the the language of kind of retro video game music and bringing it into, I guess, what at then was the contemporary era, whether it's with right. virtual instruments or the real thing. Um, I, I feel this way about a lot of, um, I think we've, I may have mentioned this before, but it's like when I hear, you know, a modern Yasunori Mitsuda track, it's not to me that it sounds like Chrono Trigger. It just mm. sounds like he's doing classic video game when i hear a modern yuzo kashiro track it's not like he's doing old yuzo he's just kind of there's like that common language that composers that's what this is yeah absolutely i think e7 you know whether it's in a, a cheesier setting or really finding its footing i do think that the what's interesting about it is both for its highs and lows i think it's actually transcending some of the prior music in the E series. Don't get me wrong, I love the early E's music. I think it's it's great, but I I will say that it's it's particularly limited in its range of the kinds of things that it expresses. Yeah, I totally know what you mean, and I agree. Um, I'm excited because I did mention a, a second ago, but there are two tracks that they got the budget uh, for real recording and performance, and I'm excited to have those as, as really two highlights today. Well, and I think... The thing that is cool about even the virtual instrument music is it, while it all seems classic and as you mentioned, Carl, very melodic and memorable, earnest, there it, it's able to draw from a, a slightly deeper well than some of the origins of um, ease music. But it's still somehow, it, yeah, it com- it's sort of like a magic trick the way it does it, or sort of an optical illusion. I love the balance. Well, this is one of the two tracks that I was mentioning before, and I would say this might be considered one of the main themes of the game or the title theme. It's called Innocent Primeval Brave. This one was composed by Masanori Osaki. Let's take a listen to this rocker.
That's just a taste, guys, of Innocent Primeval Breaker. Quite a long piece of music, actually, and there's some really cool sections coming up that maybe we can discuss as we hear them. This one was composed by Masanori Osaki, and yeah, it's it's uh, there's a version of it that's the first uh, piece on the soundtrack, and it's also the last as well, which is more of an extended version, uh, parts of which we're hearing now. But yeah, it's such a great combination. We're going to hear this combination later on in the episode. I love it so much. You have the, the violin taking the lead. And really rocking as hard as the rest of the band is, too. Uh, It's such a natural yet novel (laughs) combination. Now we're hearing the shredding guitar solo. Ooh, this is good. You know, I've been thinking about it. I think the reason why that combination works and actually feels more natural than if it had just been all guitars, I think there's a category in our brain that we put instrumental rock in, and I think it tends to be the more progressive metal leaning category of like real guitar heads that care about technicality well also like a cinematic quality to the music too but rock music with human vocals is like the majority of the rock music that we hear yeah i think the violin having that acoustic quality the expressiveness the ability for portamento and subtleties of pitch even though it's not necessarily being exploited there's something about that to us that maybe feels more reminiscent of like the sound of the human oh, yeah. voice yeah it definitely feels like it's in the same family and and when you hear a track like this where it's all coming together the violin really great playing great melody but being supported by that distortion and that yeah. rock band totally. energy it's really the special. thing that's that's funny if you look kind of at the the lineage of the ease games is you know you go back to some of the stuff on the pc 88 and 98 the drum <laughs> parts were like practically non-existent sometimes, sometimes they, they were, were just non-existent like the, yeah yeah there was literally nothing like on the i remember one of the genesis ports of an early right. ease game we commented on like you know they they could put some drums in here. <laughs> you don't just Man, need that's to a use rocker. Um, we're going to go back to that sound one more time today. I can't wait for that. But we got some great stuff before that. One of the sides of the soundtrack, which I've loved for years, is that classic medieval style of music that we get not only in this series, but a lot of RPGs. Let's take a listen to uh, the first maybe taste of that today. This is Public Palace, composed by Sonoda.
You guys are listening to Public Palace, such a fun piece of music, very lively. This is composed by Hayato Sonoda, the lead composer of this game. And on our playlist, uh, not surprisingly, the majority of tracks composed by him. Yeah, this is really good. I love the instrumentation. Um, It just really nails that medieval sound, but with a little bit of, I guess, a Japanese video game music injection as well. This is so classic. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) I was talking to Carl that it's like unmistakably from a video game when you listen to this. I mean, yeah, it's harpsichord and flute. You hear what it's going for, but it seems like almost only in a game would a piece of music like this be written. And I actually think it's it's a shame because it would absolutely fit in uh, plenty of television. You know, there's plenty of like, whether it's like a Disney Channel cartoon that's meant to be a medieval well, there's one thing, thing or a film. Th- th- I just feel like there's one thing that happens time and time again when I listen to video game music uh, that is going for an outside genre. Like if you can, if you listen to this and then you listen to a piece of actual medieval music that's similar, time and time again the video game version is going to be much more entertaining. And in some ways, that's the main goal yes. of so many video game composers: we have to make music that is entertaining. And man, did they ever do that in the score? Yeah, it's melodically accessible and um, also in terms of the the chord vocabulary um is just a little bit more relevant to the kind of music that we'd hear today but i also feel like a piece of music that's this accessible would just be almost unheard of in a (laughs) modern kind of western by western i mean american film or television show unless it's like a very goofy cartoon and i i can understand that to some degree but i guess the sort of like extreme minimalism that's become in favor with most modern American film and television music. I'm not saying there's no place for that kind of thing, but it's become almost the only game well, in town. Well, there's such room so for this of kind of thing. Yeah. There's, there's an open melodies, lane for chords. this. I mean, what do we all get into music for? Do we? It is inspiring to, to, to try to have that goal to be one of those people, one of those advocates of this kind of music. There's, there's yeah. a lot of room for it these days. Well, guys, we're going to move on to uh, something very different. It feels like we're going through a time machine in music history this is a lot more of an 80s vibe i really like it it's called mother earth altago and it's composed by ryu takashita You guys are listening to Mother Earth Altago. 
composed by Takashita from East 7. Now, I always say Ease. I think both of us do. We have been corrected before. It's Ease, so give us some slack today if we if we say Ease. Uh, yeah, this is a great track. It's a little on the cheesy side. The very beginning of the melody, there's a series of notes that, I don't know why, it really reminded me of a Michael Jackson song, and I can't even put my finger on what song it is. Um, so there's some of that it element. it sounds like Sonic. For me, <laughs> yeah, this this is a cool track, and again, showing the diversity, going from the public palace, or let's just say, going from that primeval breaker to the public palace to this. I mean, oh my God, you have such diversity in energy and style. This is this is really cool. Yeah, totally, very cheesy '80s vibe. Um, <laughs> I can't exactly think of what it reminds me of at the moment, but there's something in particular. It kind of reminds me of some of the music from Symphony of the Night. Quite oh my frankly. God. Nailed it. Um, yeah, that's perfect. I would agree. Yeah, it's just uh, sort of like cheesy early synths, but like a, a really confident. But good and, compositions, yeah. Yes, great compositions and feels like kind of classic video game writing with the sort of, you know, minor pop chords and melody and harmony and sixths. It, yeah. It's the kind of thing that if this were done on an NES, I think we'd probably be like you know fist bumping a lot more than this presentation which is absolutely kind of, i think we're weird in that way i think someone that <laughs> didn't grow up with ways, video games one of the many ways well yeah um, i think people that didn't grow up with video games would be like what are you talking about of course this sounds so much better but there is a charm to the chip stuff that I, I agree, man. Have a fun as well. Well, again, some of this stuff I don't know the context because I've never played this game, but uh, musically, I'll tell you what we have coming up. We have another kind of Gaelic medieval style piece called Land of Fertility. After that, we have something that sounds like a battle, and then we have what I'm considering one of the main themes, maybe a character theme coming up after that. So look forward to that. Okay, this is Land of Fertility, another piece composed by Sonoda. Let's take a listen. So good. You guys are listening to Land of Fertility, a great melody. It feels classic. It, it's one of those tracks that is uh, so nailing this medieval sound that you could tell me this is a you know a traditional piece of medieval folk music, and I would believe it. This is composed by Hayato Sonoda from E7. So good. Very cheesy. <laughs> I, I, we keep saying that, but the presentation of this is really kind of corny sounding, but yeah. there's such good compositions. Um, yeah, this would be I, I you know, I would hope in a more contemporary East 
game, if I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> Good job. That they would resurrect some of these themes, or it'd even be fun to hear. You know, I, I know like in the Etrian Odyssey stuff, Yutsu Koshiro goes yeah, for those. Yeah, there's old a lot school. of remade kind of things. It'd be fun to hear like a demake of this, kind of that put this cool. in the, I don't know. The, the sound of an old Japanese computer system. Or well, something. let's move on to a track that, in my opinion, feels like a battle track. And so it's, it's something along those lines. Uh, very energetic. Let's take a listen to Smashing Through the Mountain Path. You guys are listening to Smashing Through the Mountain Path. Kind of a quirky piece of music. There's some elements uh, here that uh, might be a little bit head-scratching. I think there are moments of the melody that are actually quite beautiful, and I think there are many moments in the score when um, I think today our experience is going to be kind of an exercise in trying to hear past cheesy sounds and trying to really listen for the composition underneath. That's going to happen quite a bit today. Um, I'm a big fan of some of the softer pieces we'll get to that that won't happen as much because it might just be more of a stripped down arrangement. But when you have something more ambitious like this, uh, that's when you kind of see the seams a little bit more. But um, but yeah, this is, this is a cool track. Absolutely. I totally agree with what you said, Carl. And I think it's something that's kind of an important motif that has run through the entire history of this show, which is uh, listening, hopefully deeper. Um, yes. Whether that means it's like in an analytical breaking things down into their music theory components, or whether that just means listening to a composer's intent or mood or listening beyond surface level things. But I think it's not to say that as composers, we don't strive to always achieve the best. I mean, frequently on this podcast, we'll praise implementation, we'll praise production, mm -hmm. and we want to call out excellences in all the areas of music. But I think it's also important um, in something that we've always advocated for is like coming up with a, a great musical idea, whether that's a really unique type of composition or or something that's creative in a different way or has a really honest and beautiful melody. We want to mm. celebrate those things because they're very hard to come by. And it's something that quite often we try to achieve through much lesser success. And so if you dismiss a piece of music because its surface level elements haven't dated very well, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because there's probably a lot to appreciate and there's a lot to learn from a composition that might be 
um, rough around the edges, but under the hood is really yes. beautifully written. I mean, I totally agree. And I think it depends on the score. Um, other than those two tracks where they were able to get real performance, we are going to be focusing today on the compositions under the hood. And that just happens to be, in our opinion, what, what the heart of this music, where it lies. And so that's why we're going to be focusing on that today. I'm really excited to move on to this track. This would be, if there were two main themes of the game, this would be the second one. Um, what's cool is there is a character theme later on that we're going to get. There's actually a few different versions of that character theme. And the bridge section or maybe the C section of that character theme goes into this melody. So this is the first introduction of this melody, which I really love. It's very beautiful. It's called Lost Harmony Among People. absolutely adore this piece of music. This is Lost Harmony Among People by the very talented Hayato Sonoda from E7, one of the main themes. And, you know, earlier I said that there's a character theme uh, that eventually goes into this. It doesn't really feel like a bridge, actually. What it feels like is two different pieces of music back to back. Um, and so if the first piece that we haven't heard that we're going to hear later from, from that character um, that represents one aspect of the character. This represents something else or maybe a relationship with, with two characters possibly. But it's just such a beautiful piece of music. I love the melody. I actually love the instruments here and the implementation here. I think it works really well. Very pretty. Yeah, this is beautiful. I think this is my favorite track we've played so far today. It is for it's, me too. It's, it's, I love the longing of the chord progression. I love the melody it just really speaks to me it feels like it was written with a lot of intent and honesty yep. and it's one of my favorite things honestly about listening to music of not just japanese composers but composers from other parts of the world that speak a different language than i do because it's so i'm always just so excited and amazed that this level of depth and emotion can be communicated so viscerally and so immediately. Well, in it's a way so universal. That I would too, need isn't a it? translator, you know, for to describe. And there'd be cultural differences, but it's like when you yeah. hear a piece of music like this, to know that another human being created something like this and that it resonates with me, it's that it's just such a powerful thing to know that yeah. music can be. It's you know it's a bit of a cliche at this point talking about music as a universal language but there, there's something so powerful when you're struck with that sense of and it happens all the time you know being moved to tears by a piece of video game music or 
whether yeah. it's film music written from another country. I mean, I love that music is it's it's more it emotion than language. words can convey. Yet no words. I know are it's required. a cliche, but it's just so true. It's the most true cliche ever. Uh, and we are going to hear that melody return, and I'm excited to hear it return within the context of that character theme, and maybe hear how it might feel different in that context. Well, now we're going to move on to a piece that I would say kind of flirts with a little bit more of a filmic cinematic feel. Um, and so that's that's a cool side of the score. This is being slow on the waves. Very beautiful. You guys are listening to Being Slow on the Waves. This is a great piece of music by Hayato Sonoda. It's one of the pieces today that to me I was hearing some Japanese film music influence possibly on the style of this and and some of the melodies. Overall, there is a little bit more of a filmic energy to this, like the tempo, the driving nature of the piano. It feels like it really is scoring um, kind of an exciting, rousing adventure. But there's also a lightness to it and a sort of innocence to it that uh, yeah. it's not necessarily as epic or grandiose. I think the music feels like idea, animated music, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. It reminds me of maybe like more television music or something like that. I like how modal so much of this stuff is. It mm-hmm. gives it that classic old-fashioned folk sound. Uh, well, there's, there's a way a lot, to um, link all this stuff. I mean, both this track... Um, and some of the more medieval tracks, I mean, you might hear the same mode in two different pieces of music that have a very, very different style when it comes yes, to instrumentation. and I think part of it is the melodies are intentionally crafted to be memorable. This one starts with that little, uh, it's two pitches, but a three-note motif. Ya-da-da, ya-da-da. And the repetition of that makes it stick in your head and makes yeah. it unique. It's a simple phrase, but that kind of stuff is really, I think, in my opinion, very core to getting a melodic piece of music working, making it stand out and having the first few notes be immediately emblematic particularly in media whether it's film television video games being able to identify a melody is a really useful tool for a composer being able to have it be associated with a character an environment a specific Mm -hmm. whether it's something like a theme or whether it's something less than a theme maybe it's like a little proto theme or a motif that you just associate with 
one moment or a kind right. of uh, even in comedies like Emma and I have been rewatching Scrubs and I love so much oh, of that nice. music that gets uh, reused but they have like anytime there's a fantasy sequence where JD envisions something heavenly there's that heavenly music that yeah. plays yada da yada right. and it uses that kind of one major to flat six major move but it's it's so iconic you, you, you know anytime you hear it you know exactly what's meant to be conveyed and yep. that can only come from very specific attention to detail with pitches and notes in the melody i totally agree i'm excited to move on to this next track this is uh, another piece by ryo takashida who was kind of a secret weapon on the score not a lot of uh, pieces uh, that that composer composed but all i believe of their compositions made our playlist so that's a good sign this is isolated island consigned to oblivion one thing that i like about it is it has this combination of styles that we've heard in a lot of other uh, jrpgs i guess i would say it's kind of jazz fusion meets folk meets world music meets video game it's a great combination let's take a listen to this piece from e7 You guys listening to Isolated Island Consigned to Oblivion, composed by the very talented Ryo Takashida, kind of an unsung hero on the score. This reminds me actually a lot of uh, Yasunori Mitsuda's work in the Chrono Games, Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger, kind of that mysterious um, world music sound, but just with that kind of jazzy Japanese taste as well. It's just really, really evocative music it's really entertaining music it's layered music i would suggest listening to this multiple times because i think you're actually going to pick up different things yeah it has that great way of making an even meter feel odd i kind of love that when you hear uh, there's a certain kind of um pattern in six that almost feels like a pattern in in five like if you hear like right you know where it's kind of like it evokes the take five thing that i think you were talking about is is very catchy it comes it's one of the last sections of the piece i loved that part yeah me too i i think it's yeah this is a really cool track i'm i'm surprised i guess this this soundtrack feels different than i was expecting because the mm-hmm. i think the more rocking tracks i'm so well acquainted because we've yes. played them so much and 
we have a deep love for the kind of classic easy sounding stuff but some of this more right. moodful music i'm really into me uh, too this one and that lost harmony among people really move me they're quite different pieces of music but they're yeah they're neither going for kind of a over melodramatic sound or the kind of gaelic sound or a rocking sound they're kind of humble aren't they yeah there's something ambivalent about it there's something mysterious but a little bit mournful and sorrowful it kind of hits the spot on like a cloudy day i totally agree man well i'm so excited guys to move to this week's track of the week It was an easy choice for us. This is not only the best track in this soundtrack, it's one of the best tracks in the whole series, one of the best modern pieces of video game music. It's so, so wonderful. It's the second track that they had the budget to record. Uh, Real musicians here. This is Vacant Interference, composed by Saki Momiyama. Let's take a listen. back in octaves it's just the best this is a track that you stand up you just applaud which i'm going to do right now oh my god vacant interference so good it's one of those pieces that if we did have a different format of the podcast where we spent a whole episode talking about one track this would be a good contender for that podcast this is composed by saki momiyama holy smokes love well, it's a great balance of sort of the just raw kinetic energy of the driving guitar rock power chords that just <laughs> feels so good in an yep. action-oriented piece of music like this, yet the sort of rich melodic language that so many classic Japanese JRPG composers Another solo here. are so gifted at just writing these really syrupy melodic lines atop really rocking and fun music and being able to accent that with a violin what a great choice yeah this arrangement seems so self-aware that it's like (laughs) the the juxtaposing an instrument like the violin which is so great for um lyrical melodies and Mm. then putting it in the mix with you know doing what guitars do best which is rock groove energy and just (laughs) 
putting those two together really highlights something that's important about classic video game music, which is that it's eclectic in its composition, not just in its sound. I agree. And there's one thing that we you know we've touched on before, but I would like you guys at some point to go back and listen to this and really focus on when is the melody being harmonized? When is it switching to octave doubling? And also, one thing related to that is what are the drums doing in relation to that? There's a lot of really great changes in feel that this very tasteful and skilled drummer uh, does to this song to really accentuate those changes. So there's this great moment when the guitars are in harmony and it's this up-tempo kind of punk rock beat. And as soon as the guitars switch to octave uh, doubling, then the drums go to a halftime loose hi-hat feel just briefly and then goes back to double time. Those little moments are really easy to miss and they're kind of subtle, but they just feel so good. And one one of the many reasons why this is just a, a masterful track. Yeah, just awesome. I I could listen to that, you know, five times in a row. And it does feel classic on this podcast. I mean, when I think, you know, when I saw E7, I mean, that was the first thing, of course, that popped into my mind. But I have just so many wonderful associations with that track. And just that implementation, I think the first time I heard this, a certain light went off in my head of like, oh, this is a way of taking the language of video game music that yeah. in my opinion had felt dead. Um, but I yeah. realized like, Oh, this would be one way of doing it. It basically just put uh, almost the genre specific thing for the rhythm section. And then an entirely different, an instrument from a different family for the melody, because that's so much video game music is it's like, Oh, it's this type of genre, but way catchier and more melodic. But then also you have to mention that you have some like synth brass <laughs> stabs in there too, which would not happen outside of video games. W- one last shout out for this track, uh, which which is very, very impressive, is we've used this track at the end of a MAGFest uh, panel presentation as an example of how far video game music has come. And in some ways, the combination of the old tradition and injecting some more modern flair. And so this was the perfect example of that. And so really speaks highly to this piece. Well, all right, guys, let's move on. We're going to move back to another um, composer that I don't believe we've... Yeah, no, we haven't featured so far. This is Takahiro Unesuga. This is called Uncertainty in the Future.
You guys are listening to Uncertainty in the Future. I was joking with Will that oh, this is like the theme of COVID. Uh, no, I, I really like this theme. It the is theme a lot more enjoyable than that. Um, this is composed by Takahiro Unisuga. Uh, there's one more Unisuga uh, track later on that did make the playlist. So we have two uh, compositions. Yeah, this is cool. I, I actually will mention this before, but this is a track that reminds me of Yuzo's work on the Etrian Odyssey series. Um, oh, particularly sure. how chilled and laid back of a beat and groove there is, but also um, a beautiful emotional melody on top of it. Yeah, this this very, one does it for true. me. Yeah, this one was cool. A, a different sort of sound, I think, than some of the other music uh, we've been different playing. Different composer, so kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, I think so. I like the groove. I do like how it's chilled out. I like some of the jazzier chords, but it also has like a... It has a throwback quality to it. Yeah, it, it reminds does. me of the kind of thing you would have heard in a, a, a song from like 70s jazz, the, maybe yeah. jazz funk. There, there's one quality this track has that every once in a while I give has shout a nighttime to this. quality. It seems yeah, like- absolutely. Um, I love this kind of music. I would call this vibey music. I would call it atmospheric music. There's elements that convey that and that do that job well. However, there are other musical elements that are very entertaining, such as a good melody. Um, interesting parts, whether this is, you know, maybe this is fake drums, fake bass, but the parts themselves are, are quite interesting. And so it's not just ambient music. It has that quality, but it actually has a lot more to it as well. I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, to me, it's it's a little bit of a shame that the words, you know, ambiance and atmosphere have to somehow have been translated as like the antithesis of melody the antithesis of <laughs> harmony of musical innovation and i get that there's so much sound designy music and some of that stuff is awesome and really impressive yep. but i i i don't i don't know i fear that composers feel like that's in order to create a mood you just have to take things away and be more minimal and just have long line phasing synths and stuff and yep. it's like that stuff can create a mood, but all parts of music create a mood. Every piece of There's music a lot of ways creates to do it. a mood. It might not be the mood that you're going for, but exactly. uh, I, I think composers taking musical chances is, I think, the only way for us to expand the palette of you know, what our various mediums can do emotionally. I definitely agree with that, for sure. Uh, it's time to move back to a classic Sonoda composition, going back to that kind of medieval feel that we really like on the score. This is Vitality of the Grand Flame.
You guys are listening to Vitality of the Grand Flame, composed by Hayato Sonoda. And actually, the melody of this, at least certain parts of the melody of this, do kind of remind me of old-school video game music. There's even kind of like a Zelda quality to this, uh, maybe like some sort of Zelda dungeon of old. But yeah, this is a this is a cool track, uh, very familiar, very comfortable. Um, it has, I guess the starting point of this, I would say, is kind of that medieval feel, but I think it goes... To some other directions, uh, I think does a good job of tying together maybe the the old and the ancient sound that the score has with some of the modern sound as well. Yeah, I'm still thinking about uncertainty in the future, man. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one <sighs> of the tracks. Um, we've talked we've talked before about kind of the cheesy we need sounds the on the vitality score. of the grand flame. <laughs> But this is one of the tracks where I, I don't think we notice that cheesiness as much because, again, you don't have drum kit. You don't have electric bass guitar. You don't have some of the things that are really clear when they're fake. Um, and so, I mean, we're so used to hearing these world instruments be fake. And so we kind of let that slide a little more. I also love that they're so much more chromatic than they actually would be in the real exactly. world. Well, it's the video game version of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty it sure could be like a Zelda Temple. can't. I, I don't know anything about bagpipes, so I couldn't speak, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're not chromatic instruments, but I'll, I don't want to get bagpipers mad at me because they might show up at my house and oh, actually man. play their instrument. Yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. Let's move on. The next piece on the playlist, um, it's the last composition of the day from Ryu Takashida. This is Primitive Deep Leaves. <laughs> One of the wildest tracks of the day, one of the most progressive, and one of the coolest for sure. This is Primitive Deep Leaves by Ryo Takashida. All of the Takashida tracks we've really enjoyed and we've sung the praises. Will, what are your thoughts on this? It's gnarly. Man, I love it. I love how uh, original it is. I want to say experimental, but it... It's not mm, the kind yeah, of that experimental where it's put it's like pushing how different it is in your face. It just feels genuinely composed and unique. It's kind of like it's it seems cool to music. be what happens when yeah, the a, a progressively minded composer, someone who likes, you know, progressive jazz or progressive rock, music that is experimental and pushing the envelope. Right. But doing creating music that's meant to be subservient, it's meant to support another um, product in this case a video game 
and it's like I don't know. Well, it, it has it to be more to accessible. Strike this nice balance. Yeah, it's very accessible. It has interesting mix and blend of instruments and styles and you can't quite put it in a box i mean i think to no. discuss this piece of music would take longer than playing it and listening to it which is <laughs> that's sometimes the best it conveys stuff so much yeah where you have to you really have to i mean and then to describe it is a simple dictation of what you're hearing when and it does a disservice to you know i can't i have never heard something like this before so i can't really explain why it works it's so unique it's so cool at the it. end of the day we were very entertained by it it really grabbed us and it and it held us for the entire length of the piece it was an immediate reaction i mean that initial just burst of energy Mm -hmm. and color with the piano and the clapping and the interesting chords it was just yeah i was sort of hooked right at the outset absolutely there's some silly titles um on the score and i don't know if it's a translation issue or maybe a a lack of grasp of english but in any case we're going to continue with some of those there's one coming up that makes me laugh but yes let's move on this is sanctuary of meditation breeze uh, parentheses Kylos, so I'm wondering if Kylos is a character in this game. In any case, this one was composed by Saki Momoyama. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Sanctuary of Meditation Breeze, composed by Momiyama. And both Will and I were really feeling the 80s vibes on this. This You could tell me this is like an anime score from the 80s, and I would believe it. Um, right. It's pretty music, uh, but yeah, it, it is hard to escape the... The stench of cheese on this one. Yeah, it's because I, I, I love synths and I like this kind of atmosphere. It mixed uh-huh. with these kinds of chord constructions. I mean, it's reminiscent of things like Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think these particular instrument choices seem to date it more than something like a Mario Galaxy would. Uh-huh. But I love the style of the composition, and yeah, I am reminded. I have so much fondness for that type of music. Being reminiscent. Yeah to something from the past is no criticism. That's a good thing. I, mean, yeah. I think that's a, yeah, it's a good thing to me. The, the particular um, choices here actually reminded me of like the score to Stranger Things or something. Cause you have a lot of what that's sounds not quite like samples necessarily, but like genuine synths that are approximating, you know, it's like a yeah. synth flute. It isn't just a flute sample. 
that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually wet, is a with, sound we like get. Like digital reverb. In a few different eras of, of media scoring, this kind of synth orchestral, small chamber electronic kind of a feel, which is is definitely an effective choice, and I think it works really well here. Well, let's move on to our second anthem of 2020. <laughs> this one is, I was talking about it before, it's that character theme, but it has a subtitle. So it is Tia, it's one of Tia's themes, and there's different versions of uh, that melody, but the subtitle for this is Disappearance of Reason, <laughs> which is very on the nose. Uh, indeed. So yeah, this is composed by Hayato Sonoda. So we're going to hear this original Tia theme melody, which is very beautiful. And then eventually we're going to go into that melody we heard before in Lost Harmony Among People. I love this. Let's take a listen. guys are listening to Tia, Disappearance of Reason, composed by Hayato Sonoda. Now, there are a few different variations of uh, the Tia music in this game. There's one of them that's just solo piano. There's one of them that's kind of plucky, electric piano-y kind of sounds. And then there's this one. Um, and this was probably my favorite. And it really was powerful for me when it hearkened to that Lost Harmony theme. I just was really wowed by it. And I wanted to place it somewhere on the playlist where I could spread those out and we could kind of have that effect of going back uh, to this theme and the power that you might experience in the game. I think I made uh, an observation when listening to this, uh, but it's something that I think I'm going to think about the next time I'm composing, which is that... uh, I, obviously, this is reductive, and I hate simple reductive statements like this, but I do think a huge component to a lot of really powerful Japanese melodies and something that I think makes them stand out, you know, when we're listening to the track and we're like, oh, this just feels so Japanese. I think a big part mm-hmm. of it is um, melodies that are beautiful and long line lyrical melodies, or at least could be presented that way, but they have yeah. tremendous leaps into a dissonance so okay you know a note that's outside of the chord whether it's the ninth or the well a big part of that leaping up or down what the chords are the chords have a big effect on that don't they? right that's 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 a good point 
Man, yeah, that that is definitely very true. And that is at display in this wonderful piece of music. I'm loving the diversity today. Let's go back to Unasuga, Takahiro Unasuga. Let's play a track that I think is a silly translation. It's From an Effort of the Revival, whatever that means. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to From an Effort of the Revival, composed by Unasuga from East 7. Again, came out originally in 2009. Um, I love this theme a lot. I love how it starts very stripped down, very sweet, innocent, and then kind of expanding to a little bit more of a quasi-orchestral kind of energy before stripping back down again. Again, that has to happen in a lot of video game music, that loops where if you go big, if you start small and go big, eventually you have to find your way back down again, which this track does. It's very beautiful. You can tell you're at the near the end of the game here, can't you? Right. It's very sweet. It's very light. I, I think, you know, in musical terms, I would say dolce. It's just it's yes. so uh, delicato. Sweet. It's um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done <laughs> Nothing with Italian but words. Italian words. <laughs> How obnoxious. Um, yeah, no, you can tell this is either the ending of the game or getting really close to it. Yeah, really. But what a sweet, heartfelt melody. I was genuinely moved by it. Um, it's the kind too. of thing that I think you, you tend to hear a lot, I think, in video game music, actually. Some of my favorite stuff is the really um, earnest and childlike, end of the uh, game. almost lullaby-esque tunes. But that that's almost the hardest thing to create. So I was oh, really yeah. impressed by this, especially because, you know, um, a lot of these composers that we've heard... Uh, particularly that um, Unisuga has composed other more kind of progressive sounding tracks. Uh, But I I definitely, I don't know, if I had to go from today's episode, I might say that Unisuga is maybe my favorite melodic composer of Mm. the tracks that we've heard because I also loved that uncertainty in the future. Me too. Well, guys, we have two left. We have uh, this, and then we have the playout. The playout is very relaxing um, and kind of a nice, comforting way to send you on your way. This one's a little bit more energetic. Could be another battle theme, possibly. This is called To Reveal the Way to Go, composed by Saki Momiyama.
You guys are listening to To Reveal, The Way to Go. And we had a really good time today exploring the soundtrack uh, of E7. In a lot of ways, this was an overdue episode. You know, we discovered the score preparing for our episode 12, East Part 2. So that's pretty wild. Um, and so we've known it for years. We've loved it for years. And finally, we get to focus on maybe some of the lesser known sides of it. I would say the softer, uh, more atmospheric sides of the score was not something I was well, super familiar with before. I will also say, I do think it's funny in retrospect that our ninth episode was East because it's like, <laughs> it's not that huge of a series. Like, I was to, just so excited be because nine, that's when I discovered it, to be honest. Right. I discovered it and but I was it's like... it's like, when you're making a podcast for the first time, I think people don't realize <laughs> nine episodes feels like an eternity. I mean, picture nine weeks of your life. That's, but for a know, listener, it's like, oh, months. wow. Okay, so Ease must be, this must be one of their favorite games or something. Yeah. Because you know, that really <laughs> says something. Yeah, it was kind of a weird choice. But I think then. it's like by the time we get to the third episode, we already felt like an established, okay, we have a podcast. <laughs> you know, we did. it's yeah. like we don't realize that to people going back, you know, they can devour 10 episodes in a day. But you know what's a fun fact is I would consider for me personally, episode three being basically the first episode of our podcast. That yeah. was the episode when we actually got the format of what the show was going to be. And I actually don't severely mind that episode. <laughs> episode three, it's 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 hard to listen to, but it's not awful. Where the first two, I would be fine if they were deleted from the internet. Yeah, um, I mean, I agree. I fall asleep to them every night just because I can't fall asleep <laughs> without the sound of my own voice. But uh, Of course, yeah, that's normal, right? Not my right? favorite. Well, guys, we're going to play you what with Maiden of Wind... Mishera, and it was also composed by Momiyama. Hats off to all these wonderful Falcom composers, and um, I look forward to our next East episode. There's actually a few other games we could focus on down the road in this in this series. But and yeah, I love to East. any to any of our listeners who are starting high school, middle school, elementary school, college, college any whatever. going back to school. Uh, we wish you a banner year and or teachers hope that you all. Stay safe. Yes, definitely. Teachers, medical professionals, thank you. You're doing God's work, as they say. Well, guys, enjoy this playout track. Um, Next week, we want to make a little shout out here. Um, It's going to be a listener show and tell episode. We promised to do a second one this summer. And I guess it's technically summer, right? And so... Our promise is good. Yes, Carl, another listener once show and I tell episode. start my school semester, it does not. <laughs> I not will resent anymore. anyone calling it summer. <laughs> so we are going to do a combination of things. If this, if you're listening to this when this episode comes out, it is Monday, September seventh. We're going to close uh, the submissions for this one in two days on Wednesday, September 9th at 10 a.m. Central. Um, and because we never need much time for these, uh, to be honest. But another reason is I'm going to try to split this one. I'm going to try to include a handful of picks from our from last time that were left over. I have an entire Excel spreadsheet of great stuff that was left um, un, you know, unincluded last time. So I'm going to include some of that as well as some new picks that you guys will send. Please, so, Carl looks yes. forward to using his Excel spreadsheets all year. Don't deprive him of... <laughs> That great joy of ranking music on so a if you sent something in last time and it wasn't played, there's a chance it will uh, be considered for this episode. But if not, if you just have a new track that you like, 
feel free to send that over as Carl, well. Carl, would you say that one of your dream jobs would be some job in music where you get to also use your like Excel, you know, spreadsheet numbers thing like all together Absolutely. doing something if it that was basically like made for you. If I could get a job that was as close to preparing for this podcast as possible, like maybe like I listen to an album and I rank the best tracks as like feedback and send it to them like, oh, this one was good. This one was good. Something like that would be really fun. It is a weird process. There's got to be. I, I mean, like they, they have that in other. It's like the people that work for film studios that read through script submissions and basically choose which ones they forward on to. It is other helpful, producers. man. I mean, it's weird to be so cold it, and mathematical with music. Like whenever we do the um, show and tell episodes, I mean, most of it is just sifting through trash, and then it's like, <laughs> then you get to the stuff that's somewhat decent. And then it takes, I think, a subjective lens to decide is it good or not. But like, yeah, just sifting through the garbage is it's it's <laughs> not easy work. All right, guys, enjoy this really relaxing play out. I think that's about it. We'll be back with you next week for a listener show and tell. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Ooh.